Las Vegas Raiders are sticking with their interim head coach this time around. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons here with you. You can always find him at Ian Fitz ESPN or more like you can find his daughters that control his account on <laughs> Instagram. Instagram. There you go. Right at there. Amber W Sports. <laughs> that is how you find me. Uh, my kid's not old enough yet for me to turn those duties over to him. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive for a job you'll love. Visit Progressive.com slash career. So Antonio Pierce, Ian, he is going to remain as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, the former player, the coach that seemed to wake up that Raiders defense once Josh McDaniels had been fired from that organization, had some success there, had some crazy double-digit wins. There was the big win against the Los Angeles Chargers, and more than anything, it was that locker room and the way he won that thing over. Amber, I was there uh, with with Mark Kestershire and Kelly Stauffer on the call when he had his first game as the interim head coach against the New York Giants. And Daniel Jones tears his ACL uh, on the second drive of the game. But, I mean, just walking in pregame, it, it, everybody you talked to, whether it was you know college guys or you and I got to know you know from Hunter Renfro at Clemson, you know you you name it, anybody you know that we knew in college to security guards. They said to a man. I mean, I, I, seriously, I can't. I can't emphasize this enough. Security guards going, man. There's just a different feel around here. There's a different feel after Josh McDaniels was jettisoned and Antonio Pierce was the interim head coach. From players to security people, it just felt different. And then I'm watching as Mark Davis, owner of the Raiders, is leaving the field pregame about an hour and twenty minutes before kick. And I couldn't tell if that was a thank you, Mark, or a bleep you, Mark, mm. from the Raider fandom, like that 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 graveyard of Raider fans right above the Raiders tunnel, and you know what it looks like. And I went over to make sure I heard what I thought I heard, and that was a thank you, Mark. And they all said, oh, yeah, getting Josh McDaniels out of here, greatest thing that man's ever done. And that is when it started, right there. And, you know, Mark Davis is giving him a thumbs up and pumping his, you know, fist walking into the tunnel. And they went on to destroy the Giants. Had a decent run, damn near 500. And now Mark Davis is not making the same mistake that he did earlier. And that is Rich Basaccia was the interim head coach for John, John Gruden. And he led him to the playoffs and was one throw away from beating Cincinnati in the playoffs. And surviving and advancing in a wild card game, and doesn't stick with Basaccia when all the players are saying, This is our guy. And you go hire Josh McDaniels to, to win a press conference. Well, what does Mark Davis do? Learns from his mistake, Amber, and is sticking with the guy the players are politicking hard for, from players again to security guards. A different feel in the building. And Pierce now is your head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Mark Davis hasn't made the best decisions in terms of hiring coaches during his tenure since he took over that franchise from his father, but this is the right move here because it's the move that his players want. It's also the, like you said, it's not the same move that he made before and you don't want to keep doing things the exact same way. I give him credit for making this move during this particular coaching cycle too, because as great point, 
Yeah. As as interesting as, as Josh McDaniel sounded, as attractive as that sounded, right? Can you imagine how attractive then the Bill Belichick's of the world and the Jim Harbaugh's of the world must sound if you're Mike an Brable, owner who likes Pete names? Carroll. Yeah. Right? Brable, yep. Exactly. If you're an owner who likes names and likes the big, the John Gruden's and the Josh McDaniel's of the world, then you would be likely to go those other directions when we've never even seen a coaching cycle like this that I can remember at NFL history. Instead, he sticks with the guy who has won over the locker room, the guy in Antonio Pierce who grew up in Compton and grew up rooting for the Raiders when they were, in fact, the Oakland Raiders. Now he gets an opportunity to take that team into the future. Dan Orlovsky, our ESPN NFL analyst on NFL Live, said this was the right call. Yeah, no brainer. I I thought this was the right decision for the Raiders. The way that this team played, number one, indifferent of the record, they they played with way more energy, with way more commitment, commitment, and with way more juice. And, Hannah, you brought up that 5-4 and four record. Three out of those four losses are to playoff teams. And two of them are by three points. So, not only is the record good, just the style of football that he got that team to play was completely indifferent. I also love the fact that this likely keeps Patrick Graham, their defensive coordinator there. This defense mm. for the Las Vegas Raiders was a very good defensive unit. If they can get a quarterback and get the offense right, this is a team that could be much better, much quicker than people think. And the heart and soul of that defense, Max Crosby, had alluded to the fact that he might request a trade if Antonio Pierce did not, in fact, get this job. He had told The Athletic that he wants to be a Raider, but if they go in a different direction, then nothing is off the table. And that included requesting a trade, trying to force his way out, right? Max Crosby, the guys in the locker room, they all went to bat for Antonio Pierce. Here is the Raiders' end on the rush with Max Crosby from earlier this week. I mean, it would be absolutely ridiculous and insane if we didn't bring back AP and give him an opportunity. I mean, like I said, we've already had the opportunity to do this and we went, you know, we didn't stick with what we had and, you know, we, we all up and, you know, for this, you know, for this situation, I mean, um, I know how the guys feel. I know everybody wants AP back. I know the legends, the Charles Woodson's, all the guys like that, they all want him back. Yeah. And it's it, it, all the fans. I mean, everybody wants AP back. And I feel like he's done more than enough to prove that he's worthy of getting that opportunity. And we can't start from ground zero again. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, it's been it's my fifth year, bro. It's gonna if we were to go with go with another coach, it would be my fifth head coach in five years. Like, I'm sick of this. I know everybody else is sick of this. Like, I've been here through it all, and um, I'm sick of losing, bro. All I want to do is win. That's all that matters to me. That is a guy from the state of Texas who had one scholarship offer, one Eastern Michigan and has made chicken salad out of chicken. You know what? Right. And has conquered demons in his life. He's very open about his addiction to alcohol. And I mean, preaches to people. You want to talk, hit me up, man. I will embrace anybody. He is a true leader of men and women. And when you hear that tone from that guy, damn, if that doesn't resonate, nothing will. And when he said we had that opportunity, he's talking about Rich Passaccia. He's -hmm. talking about the mistake that was made letting that guy go and bringing McDaniels in. And let's not do that again. Five coaches in five years. And if you're not going to listen to that leader wearing 98 and you're Mark Davis, then you are just a football Fool. Instead, he did listen this time, and Antonio Pierce 
not only earned it, but deserves it. And there is a difference. Earning it is first. Deserving it is second. And he got both. And therefore, he's your head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. In that locker room, you know what they're doing right now? Lighting up cigars. Yeah, like they, they did in that first win when I was here in New York. They played the Giants, right? And Max Crosby brought in the, uh, the state-of-the-art, most expensive stogies known to man. He already mm-hmm. knew. Those babies were waiting in the locker room. He knew it. And they lit him up, not just for the team, but because of their int- then interim head coach, Antonio Pierce. And now he is, is their head coach. And again, earned it and deserved earned. it. Yes, earned, uh, not given. And the players can relate to him. I think it's one of the Absolutely. reasons that he goes over so well. The Max Crosbys of the world can late relate to the Antonio Pierces of the world, right? Pierce was an undrafted linebacker out of Arizona in 2001. He played for Washington. He played for the New York Giants. He was the captain of that Super Bowl winning defense. He made the Pro Bowl in 2006. He retired in 2010. Then he went into coaching, and he started at, Poly, at Long Beach Poly High School, since he's from California, that's where he started as a linebackers coach, then a co-head coach or an associate head coach there, moves on to Arizona State for four seasons, and then eventually to the Las Vegas Raiders. So now he is the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders moving forward. The Raiders didn't have any double-digit wins under Josh McDaniels. They had three in nine games under Antonio Pierce. So he certainly got the most out of those players. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, let's see how wound up we can get Ian tonight with this next question. Is Mahomes versus Allen the next Brady versus Man? Oh, dear Lord. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. This rivalry is beginning to define an entire decade. Ian Fitzsimmons, Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio. So... When that happens, we start talking rivalries, right? And then we start comparing rivalries, and we are at the point in this experience, Ian, where we are comparing Mahomes-Allen. Is it the next Brady-Manning? I, I, really, I, I really don't like you right now. <laughs> uh, this, this one, I mean, th- the question. This, is, this is like fingernails on a chalkboard. This is like when your dog is laying on your lap. And just, you know, rips one of those burners, you know, and you're like, oh my God, and singes your nasal hair. That's what this is to me right now. When did this start? 
Amber. I mean, I'm being, and, and we're going to ask, you know, Alex Smith, who's going to join us here in about 15 minutes. Uh, I'm fascinated to see what a former number one overall pick who spent over a decade in the NFL and had a hell of a career with the Kansas City Chiefs. I can't wait to ask Alex Smith this very question. When did this start in comparing quarterbacks against each other? I mean, we have done this before, right? We've done it before. But when did it start? I mean, did it start with Steve Young? That no, 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 no. We never did that with 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 Troy Aikman and Steve Young. Or no, we We didn't. It was it it wasn't Aikman versus Young. It was Cowboys and Niners. I'm guessing we talked about the big rivalry though, and those. Yeah, but it was a team. It was a team, not not Aikman versus Young, or Aikman versus Favre. Or yeah. Stabler and Bradshaw, or Bradshaw and Staubach. I mean, so you we, feel like the narrative used to be more team oriented, absolutely, rather than quarterback oriented. Yes, it was all about the, the the team rivalry. Like like when I, when I grew up on the North Shore of New Orleans in a thoroughbred horse farm in Folsom, Louisiana, man, it was I hated in the old NFC South, hated the Niners, couldn't stand them because. The, back when Jim Moore became the head coach of the Saints, right? It, we, we would meet them in the playoffs uh, uh, damn near every year, and they would just, we're running done. You know, or we're, we're contending with them in the old, uh, you know, well, back then, then it was the NFC West. And it drove me insane. I hated the Niners. Couldn't stand them. With our Dome Patrol linebackers, right? That was a narrative. It was Sam Mills, Vaughn, Vaughn Johnson, you know, Patrick Swilling and Ricky Jackson against... Steve Young or Joe Montana. Right. That was it. It was, it was team versus team. It wasn't quarterback versus no, quarterback. No, no. By was... the way, I grew up on the North Shore on a thoroughbred horse farm in Folsom, Folsom. Louisiana. Yeah. I feel like I need a cooler way to, like, that's so cool. You just rattle it off so click and so so quick and so clean when you do it, and it sounds so cool and majestic. <laughs> I don't know what any of it really means. I've never been to Folsom, Louisiana. I'm not sure I've been to hey, North when Shore, I grew up Louisiana, in Folsom, frankly. One I have no idea where the light. hell it is, yeah, but one, it sounds majestic. You go from New Orleans across Lake Pontchartrain, 24.2 miles, right, okay. across, you know, the, the Lake Pontchartrain Causeway. You hit Mandeville. Keep going. Don't turn. You hit Covington. Keep going. Don't turn. Then you can hit a bunch of pine trees. And then back when I was growing up, there was one traffic light. When you hit the traffic light in Folsom, you took a right. That's, and then that's we, the stomping grounds of Ian Fitzsimmons. And then when you, yeah, you go right past Folsom Nursery on the left, South Factory Road, take a right, second farm on the right. Done. Because you say it all the time. You say, like, when I grew up in Folsom, Louisiana, but you always have, like, a whole thing with it. I feel like I need to develop my thing. You know, like, when I grew up, on an island, on a lagoon in Sarasota, Florida, and Siesta Key. Like, yeah, I need a cool, it. like, I need a thing yeah. with it, though. I'm not sure it's flowing as cool as your My thing. mom had us mucking stalls at the age of three, right? Yeah. So Sounds we were, awful. we were, out, oh, it not, well, at the time it was. Now you look back on it, it, it taught you work ethic. And you know, I you did. Were, I have mucked stalls before, even though I don't have a love woo. affair for horses. I have mucked stalls, but for mini horses. I'm not sure. Bailing hay was the worst. I would rather muck a stall and pick up horse dung and scoopy urine than bale hay, especially bailing hay. I've never done that. Is that, that is by far country. bar none the worst summertime job in the history of mankind. But anyway, back we to digress. our schedule. Back to here's, our here's schedule. Here's what program. I'll tell you about this. I, I have a theory here. I, I it started think. with Brady and Manning. I, I, am I, am I believe oh, well, this whole thing started with Brady and Manning. You don't. You, you have a different one. 
No, but but I but that kind of blows up my argument because what I was going to say, which you're right, I forgot that the inception of this conversation was Brady and was Brady and Manning. But what I was going to say as it regards to Allen Mahomes, I'm thinking it's because the quarterback these days is so dynamic and so mobile and does so much and those particular guys are impossible to bring down and we saw them in that 2021 game where they're changed leads what it was it four times whatever it was every time one of them would go down the field and the other one go down the field and score and the way that they did it and then the clock is like essentially just in ot ran out on buffalo otherwise josh allen might have been able to answer that but the way that they did it those guys always answering how dynamic and electric it is it quite literally when you were watching that iconic game it felt like you were watching the Mahomes Brady or the Mahomes Allen show Freudian slip. Yeah, I get it. Freudian slip because that's, that's also what it used to feel like watching Manning and Brady. But what I don't understand is why we weren't doing that before those guys, because it always has kind of felt like that a little bit with quarterbacks. Two things here. One, I I do believe that that's when it started because look, Stabler and and Kenny Stabler and, and and Terry Bradshaw went at it. What? Five, six times. I mean, the, Mm -hmm. the Franco Harris, the immaculate reception was, I mean, that was Stabler and Bradshaw. You know, and then you Three had Bradshaw Staubach, right? right? And then you had Young and Aikman, and you had Aikman and Favre. I mean, we go on down the list, but we never really started comparing, like, like I, where it's quarterback versus quarterback, because it's the most, it's the dumbest damn thing we do. Meaning we, as the collective media and, and fan bases also, and, and, and fans, just fans of football in general. The last you and I talked about this two nights ago, and you brought it up, and I thought it was a, a, an outstanding observation. Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes has six touchdowns and zero ints in the postseason. Well, the last time I damn checked, Josh Allen ain't playing free safety. So how does Patrick Mahomes have six touchdowns and zero ints versus Josh Allen? How how is that against Josh Allen? That's against the Bills' defense. So when did this whole damn thing start? I think it really started with Brady and Manning because they met 17 times. Right. Br- Brady 11, Manning 6. Manning was 3-2, and two, though, against Brady in the playoffs. That included a 3-1 record in AFC title games. So Manning got the best of it in the postseason right. but the, but of that they, rivalry. Brady gets the best of it overall. But they went at it 17 different times and total. When, with Manning on, on two different teams, by the right. way, as well. Yeah. So I guess that's where it really began. But now we've taken it to a whole nother level. Like, why can't we just let Mahomes and Allen and Chiefs and Bills, if they continue to meet, right, in the postseason, just let it breathe. Embrace it and enjoy it. We don't have to compare it to anything else. It can be its own thing. For some reason in this day and age, we have this unbelievable like sense of urgency, and maybe it's because of social media. Hell, it's not maybe. It is because of social media, right? Where we have to, well, this is the new thing. I mean, it's, it's now Brady and Manning. Well, now we have Mahomes and Allen. Well, just let it, let it be. Let's see how it develops. Let's see how it goes. And... It's not quarterback v. quarterback. It, the last time I checked, Mahomes is going up against Ed Oliver, right? And Micah Hyde and those guys. And That's Josh no Allen fun, is not going up against Mahomes. He's going up against Justin Reed and those guys. But for some reason, and it's not some reason, it's because of the remarkable rivalry that we saw 17 times in Manning and Brady. 
that's where I think we've we started the whole QB versus QB thing. And, and to this day, and it always will, drive me insane because they aren't going up against one another. Terry Bradshaw and Ken Stabler went up against each other in the playoffs every year between 1972 and 1976. Three of those times, the winner of that matchup won the, won the Super, Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah. But we weren't comparing it. We weren't fun. comparing it's those two. Fun to, it's more fun to say that, though, right? It, it me to give you that stat than it is for me to run through all the other 50-plus guys on both of those teams. But and I we think were, that's part of why we do this, because we're whittling it down to one guy. No, it's, it's an absurd conversation, because you are absolutely right. Neither of those guys are two-way players. They do not play on defense. This they ain't Iron Man football. Playing. This is not <laughs> Iron Man football. They do not, maybe they did that in high school, but they are not doing it anymore at the professional level, right? So they're not actually going up against each other. But it's easier to say that than to discuss everybody else on the roster involved in these games. Yeah, but you know what? Like, to the day I die, I'll hate the Atlanta Falcons. Why? I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. It's team versus team, brand versus brand. I don't care who's playing quarterback. It doesn't matter. For us, it is. As fans, it largely is. But for the history books, I feel like what we do a lot is make it individual accolades, right? How many Super Bowls? You're a Miami fan. Do you hate the Patriots or do you just hate Tom Brady? Well, I used to hate both, and then Tom went to Tampa, and Tampa Tom became kind of lovable, and then he's on the boat, and then he's throwing the Lombardi, is appearing to be a little tipsy, having a little My fun point. in it. There you go. It, it all became very likable to me when that's somehow that's he was no longer in New this. England. Coming, right. coming up next, let's ask a quarterback about this. We will get Alex Smith on the phone and get his thoughts about this and everything else. Some big football games, the biggest, headed our way this weekend. Texans at Ravens, that game kicks off Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. You can watch that thing right here on ESPN, on ABC, and on ESPN+. Plus. Amber and Ian presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's bring in ESPN NFL analyst Alex Smith, of course, former Chiefs, 49ers, Commanders quarterback. Alex, thanks, thanks so much for your time. I want to start here by asking you a question about a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes because it's a big headline that Mahomes has played or hosted in 12 playoff games, 15 overall, no road playoff games. He's on the road for the first time outside of the Super Bowl in Buffalo. Is that more of a headline or does that actually matter here in analyzing this game? No, it's real. No, no. Home field advantage is a very real thing, especially here in the playoffs and a place like Buffalo, like Orchard Park. They have a great fan base. It's going to be crazy loud uh i don't think the weather has an impact at all in this just because kansas city obviously is a pretty cold place and just played a game and what the third coldest game in history so i think both teams and both qbs are, are well equipped to play outside but the crowd noise is a real factor and listen patrick's had the benefit of obviously being one of the better regular season teams throughout his career and has had home field advantage and patrick is so good with his cadence um, I mean, we saw it on display, I think, against the Miami Dolphins. I mean, he was calling out linebackers that were blitzing by number, um, you know, getting the defense to tell. Uh, the Dolphins brought the house. They brought cover zero, I think, 34 times in that game. And you could see Patrick had a plan and was very prepared for it. That all kind of changes as soon as you go on the road. Like, listen, you're going to be using silent count. Kansas City is predominantly in the gun, especially on big downs. And all of a sudden, like, it's hard to get those little tips and tells from the defense because you don't have cadence. So you're going silent. Your tackle and off, your tackles and offensive line in general are at a bit of disadvantage also. 
Um, and so that certainly helps the, the Bills' defensive line. And I think that's a big key to this game because if, if they can protect Patrick like they did uh, against Miami, I mean, he, he, he's too good, right? I mean, he's, he's arguably the greatest talent we've seen at the position, and he's got that killer instinct, and, and we saw that last weekend. And I, and I think a big matchup is going to be this Bills' defensive line at home with the crowd noise. Can they get after Patrick? Can they disrupt him um, and try to slow down that Kansas City offense? Alex, we were just talking about this, and I'm fascinated to get your thoughts on it, where so many people in our industry are going, you know, Mahomes versus Allen, the next Brady versus Manning. Why in the hell can't we just be patient and, and let it just just be whatever it's going to be? And when the hell, as a quarterback, did it start, you know, with, uh, you know, this quarterback versus this quarterback? Because last time I checked – Mahomes ain't playing safety against Josh Allen, and Josh Allen is not an edge rusher against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. When did this all yeah, start? Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, these guys are spending all week studying film on the opposing defense. They don't care necessarily about each other. But, listen, their head-to-head matchups have been so special. Uh, they've, they've gone against each other six times. They're split three and three. Josh Allen's got the better of the regular season, but Patrick has got the better of the playoffs and being 2-0. and And their playoff matchups have been unbelievable. One of them was one of the greatest postseason games of all time. Uh, it was so good that they changed the rules of overtime the following year. So I, I think it certainly is a credit to these matchups and how well these guys have played. Listen, in NFL history, in NFL postseason history, these two guys are one and two all time when it comes to production. And I'm talking about yards passing and yards rushing. If you combine the two, these guys are number one and number two all time. Right. So that also, I I think, is what's at stake here. I mean, these guys are unbelievable talent. And they do, I think, along with Lamar, kind of represent the modern quarterback. Uh, Times have changed. I mean, there's not a lot of stiff, uh, statuesque quarterbacks that we were so used to, certainly, that that kind of represented my childhood watching the NFL. I mean, these guys can do it all and throw from different arm angles. Um, They can beat you with their legs. We saw Josh Allen and, and Patrick last week have huge plays. Uh, in the game with their legs, and so, uh, and, and then on top of it, these two are these two are good buddies. Uh, they're good friends, but they're insanely competitive. I, I'm lucky enough to get to know both of them really well, and um, I can tell you in the off season when they get together and whatever it is, golf or whatever, like it, it, you know, there's there's a lot on the line, and I know they're not going against each other, but that's it's just an added element. Alex Smith, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us here on Amber and Ian. Alex, can you identify what it is with C.J. Stroud where he can just walk in and be this excellent since day one? And then, of course, there's other guys at that position in the league that it takes years to develop. Yeah, well, Amber, you're talking to somebody that was definitely fell in the latter category. Uh, You know, I had one of the worst rookie seasons of all time as a number one pick, and uh, it it was insanely hard to make that jump and to come in and obviously do a team that's that an organization that hasn't been stable and has turnover and has a new coaching staff. And, um, and certainly you're just trying to do your part and get up to speed and to see what CJ Stroud has done this year. I mean, I, I honestly, he's one of one. There's, there's nobody else. I know there's some other rookie QBs that have had good seasons, Andrew Luck. Um, I know Mark Sanchez has won a couple of playoff games as a rookie, but you know, if you look at the entire body of work of what C.J. Stroud has done this year to lead the league in yards per game, to lead the league in touchdown-to-interception ratio, and then to have played the, as well as he had, had these last two weeks, which were essentially both playoff games. You know, the, the season finale against the Colts was essentially a, a playoff game. and I mean, he's been, he's been nearly perfect. Uh, you know, 
at ESPN, we started doing the QBR metric to evaluate quarterback play. And it takes into account a lot of things. It takes into account, you know, kind of situational football, third down, fourth down, red zone, using your legs. I mean, he produced the third best QBR in postseason history uh, last weekend. Like, I mean, and you turn on the tape, uh, you know, obviously the the confidence, um, how collected and calm he is in these big moments as a rookie. Again, he's just, he's insanely special. Uh, There really is no peer to him. There's nobody that we can look to in history, I think, that's done what he's doing. Uh, Really kind of a one-on-one in a a category of his own and really special, a testament to him. And and I'm I'm so excited. Unfortunately, he has to go against the number one defense uh, in the NFL um, at at their place. And so I can't wait to watch it. Uh, It's a tall task. I don't envy it, but I I know, again, he's going to have something in store for him. And to your point there, man, I mean, like, you know, you, you had a hell of a run after your rookie year in San Francisco. Uh, you get hurt. Colin Kaepernick comes in and people wrote you off. Yet you proved them wrong when you went to Kansas City and ended up having a remarkable career. So having said that, when you look at Jared Goff, another cast off, right? And then Baker Mayfield, another reclamation project. What do you see? Because I know you can probably identify with what they're going through with these two quarterbacks going head to head in the divisional round in Detroit, in the the playoffs. What do you see with these two guys? Yeah, I mean, these two obviously hit very close to home for me. Uh, A lot of similarities, uh, certainly, with my my career arc. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, think about both of them. I mean, drafted to the Rams, Jared Goff. I mean, his rookie year wasn't great, but he takes him to a Super Bowl. Um, I mean, played unbelievably and then gets shipped off uh, for Matthew Stafford. He's basically an afterthought in that draft, I mean, in that trade. Um, You know, he just kind of shoved in. The Lions basically got the draft picks and took his salary. And then to go see what he's doing, um, and, and it's not just this year. Last year as well. I mean, if you combine the last two years, I mean, he's a, he's easily a top ten, probably closer to a top five quarterback in the NFL when it comes to throwing the football. And to lead Detroit to their first division title, <laughs> their first NFC North title ever uh, since the since the divisions got realigned, and then to go win a home playoff game is just unbelievable, right? Like I, again, the, it's it, to to not have your confidence rattled given everything that's happened to you. Uh, like that for a team to kind of ship you off and, and you know kick you to the curb and for him and, and Dan Campbell to kind of resurrect Detroit is it, it, it's, it's really cool and the fact that they get to, to have another home playoff game I can't I can't wait to watch that scene and Baker as well like you know drafted to, to when he got drafted to Cleveland that was like QB purgatory you know like I'll, I can't get the image out of my head of the Cleveland Browns jersey the, the quarterback jersey and it you know, they keep Xing out the QB names and it's like 30 guys deep, right? Um, you know, Baker went there and took him to the playoffs. And uh, for whatever reason, they decided to move on from him. And he's been on four teams in basically two years and given an opportunity in Tampa Bay, and he, he, is, he has made the most of it. He is a huge reason why this team is where they are. And they're playing really good football, especially as of late. And uh, I, I expect him to go in there and go toe-to-toe with the Lions. It's going to be an incredibly physical game. Both these teams, I think, really embody their head coaches. They're, you know, well-coached, tough football teams. And uh, I, mean, I think it's going to be a dogfight in Detroit. So another one I'm really excited about. Alex Smith joining us. You mentioned there uh, a little bit earlier that CJ was going to have his hands full with that Ravens D. In terms of these defenses playing in this divisional round, if you were playing against them, which one would you be fearing most? Oh, Baltimore. Without a doubt. I mean, they've got four all pros on their defense alone. They, you know, 
Uh, Matavike up front, an all-pro. they got two all-pro linebackers, uh, you know, in, in Roquan and, and Patrick Queen, and then on the back end as well uh, with their safety. So it's, it's you know, like that that's unique. And then you know, they're the first defense since the 1970 merger to lead the NFL in points per game, sacks, uh, and and takeaways and so they're just a monster they're they're, they're so versatile their defensive coordinator uh, i think is is really really good really multiple like it's so hard to dial in and what they're doing they can bring it from all over the place uh they can win with just rushing four and, and playing coverage on the back end they're good versus the run they're good versus the pass and then they're going to be they got home field advantage so i, I mean i certainly think they're kind of the, the cream of the crop uh, on the defensive side of the ball uh, and again, don't don't envy, you know, CJ Stroud and the Texans having to go in there. But I, I do think they match up well. I, I don't think they they're going to back down at all, and uh, going to take some some more magic, I think, to get it done though. So it's a nine and a half point spread right now. CJ Stroud as an underdog against that Ravens defense. That is a big spread on ESPN. Bet of these underdogs, Alex, and this is the last one for you. Of these underdogs, the Packers, the Texans, the Bucks, and the Chiefs, according to ESPN. Bet if I made you choose one, who's got the best chance of shocking the world this weekend? Between the Packers, the Bucks, and the Texans, and the Chiefs. Yeah, because I'm, t- I'm well, I'm going to take the Chiefs out of this one because I feel like that's too easy. It's uh, only a two say, and a half point Chiefs, spread. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not going to make it that easy on you. Okay, let's go with the big spreads here: the the Packers, the Texans, or the Bucks. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm going to eliminate the Texans. I think if they were full strength, I mean, the fact that they lost Noah Noah Brown uh, for the season, uh, they don't have Tank Dell. I think they're really hurting in this matchup. I still think they're going to put up a good fight. Um, but I, I think it's it's a it's going to be tough for them given those injuries. You know, I think the Packers as well are playing. I mean, they're red hot, red hot, um, and they're going to come in. They're they're a monster on offense the way Jordan loves playing and all those all those weapons he has. But I think I I, I think I, I I'd have to go with the Bucks. I think I think they have the capability. Listen, I think it's a big Mike Evans game. Um, they missed the, these two teams. The Bucks and Lions played in Week Six. Uh, it was, the Lions won that one, 20 to six. But there were a lot of big play opportunities that the Bucks missed, and they're a completely different football team uh, at this stage of the season. They're playing much better on offense. Baker's throwing the ball really well, and that, I think if they, they, there's some matchups they can really take advantage of in that Lions secondary, especially downfield. And if they can hit a few of them, uh, I, I think they got a chance to go into Detroit and steal this one. Alex. Reminder from your Utah Ute days: We're too old for Porter Call. Now we go to No Name Saloon in Park City. That, that's that's more of our yeah, age group. There we go. <laughs> that sound advice, I would imagine. Uh, ESPN NFL analyst Alex Smith. Thanks, Alex, for your time. Thanks, guys, for having me. <laughs> I'm telling you, a- Amber, that is sound advice. Porter Call, no. Just go up the hill, up the pass. <laughs> I'm take your word for it. Yeah, let's go up to Park City, No Name Saloon, where the adults are. There we go. Mm-hmm. Too uh-huh. old for Porter Call. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, who will get the blame if the 49ers get upset by the Packers this weekend? We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. I'm about to find out what Mr. Purdy is made of. This dude's a killer. That is the something that they got wrong. We just don't want to give Brock Purdy the benefit of the doubt. But you got Ayuk, and you got McCaffrey, and you yeah. got Kittle, and you got Kyle Shanahan. You got problems? You're a problem. There is at least some of this that suggests he is a product of the system. It's nice to go out there and continue to prove people wrong. Touchdown! Save the Francisco! 
Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers are going to get the opportunity to continue to prove people wrong. They are nine and a half point favorites, according to ESPN bet against the Green Bay Packers this weekend before that game. You can watch Texans at Ravens. That kickoff will be at 4.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. That game will be on ESPN, ABC, and on ESPN+. Plus. But on Saturday, the later game, Ian, will be the Brock Purdy show, potentially, or the Jordan Love show. And we'll see how either of these two end up faring. But what's here interesting here is Brock Purdy... We know all about the seventh round draft pick, right? The Mr. Irrelevant, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Is he the guy? He's not the guy. He's the guy. He's not the guy. We've all bought in. Have we bought in? Some people wanted to make him like the greatest quarterback ever. Then he came back down to earth a little bit in the regular season. Well, now here we are in the postseason. Does the narrative change at all if Brock Purdy goes out in this game, in a playoff game, and, and lays an egg here against Green Bay? Well, I would say if if he does, which I don't expect him to, but but if he throws you know three ints and has a Dak Prescott type performance uh, that Dak had against Green Bay, then yeah, it does. But here's the thing about Brock Purdy, because he was Mister Irrelevant, he was literally the last draft pick. It, it, to me, his whole story and the image of him would be completely different if he if he was and went and and, and was an undrafted free agent, if he was Kurt Warner or Tony Romo. I mean, those guys were undrafted free agents. So and you so, think if he was undrafted, undrafted, and didn't he, have that tag of Mister Irrelevant? Left out. That's yeah. interesting. Well, think about it. He has the tag of Mister Irrelevant next mm-hmm. to him. If you're a UDFA, we didn't we, didn't, we didn't think twice about Romo, did we? We didn't think twice about Kurt Warner, who's in damn Canton. He's an NFL right. Hall of Famer. We didn't think about what well, it was. This oh my gosh, what what a remarkable story. Look at this guy, undrafted, and look what he's doing. Now, with Brock Purdy, it's, well, here's Mr. Irrelevant. I mean, it's a different tone to it. And I was wrong on him. I'm, 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 my hand's up. I was a football fool. I covered him at Iowa State. And the, 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 the MO on Brock Purdy with the Cyclones was, he'll put you right there against a top 10 team every week and throw that pick late in the game to cost you the game. That was the M.O. on Brock Purdy. He gets to Kyle Shanahan, and he was a camp arm. He, he, and, and Shanahan did see something in him. We had the opportunity to, to cover him twice last year, and Shanahan saw something in him with arm talent, you know, because he does have good arm talent. He is accurate, but sometimes he'd make that boneheaded decision where he didn't see a safety cheating, right, or a corner playing with inside leverage, whatever it was. And Shanahan saw something in this young man to go, he's not just a camp arm. Let's bring him in and see what he's got. Well, you had one injury to Jimmy G, another one to Trey Lance. And now all of a sudden, here comes the pick, dead last. And he shines. And people are saying it's a system. No, it's not the damn system. It's the coaching. And look how he's evolved. He's gotten better and better every single week. I mean, he completed – look, in the National Damn Football League, Amber, Brock Purdy completed nearly 70% of his passes for over 4,200 yards, 31 touchdowns, and 11 INTs. That's not system, and you can't do that if you stink. So if he wets the bed against Green Bay like Dak did, yeah, he's going to get the same treatment that Dak just got. But if he shines – he also won't get the credit 
that he deserves. Why? Because he's tagged with Mr. Irrelevant, and that's wrong. I don't actually think anything changes here. With Brock, I mean, if he goes out and he completely lays an egg, what really happens? He's still going to be their starter next year. He's still proven himself, right? I mean, it was one thing when he was coming in for an injured Garoppolo and Trey Lance and everything that we know that happened that season, and it caught us all off guard, and he was Mr. Irrelevant, and we were making a huge deal out of it, and then you go to a postseason, and everybody on the 49ers ends up injured against the Eagles, right? That was a weird thing that happened. And then you go into this season, and it's – Brock Purdy, he's your guy. You trade away Trey Lance. You let Jimmy Garoppolo walk, and you end up with him the entire season, a very, very good season in the beginning of the season. There was a little stumble there. They got back on track, and now and they the stumble are, what, a nine and a half. Yeah. Right, that's true. And now they're, what, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite here? Even if they were to go out and disappoint, I don't think with the body of work overall, there would be any – sort of walking it back at this point. Like, oh, wait, no, actually, Brock, like, we were right coming out of the draft, you know, like that evaluation, maybe that was still right. Maybe he is Mr. Irrelevant. I, it, there's no way to go back there. I, it, I, I hear from people, well, if he doesn't win this one, then people are going to be talking about, see, he's a seventh rounder. He doesn't have what it takes. And I'm, Where is that person? I feel like it's a straw man argument. I don't feel like that person actually exists anymore. I'm not saying Shouldn't. that people You're think right. Brock Purdy is Patrick Mahomes. But I, I just I don't think that there are these people that are so caught up on where he's drafted, other than the cool aspect of the story, where they are now still using it to degrade him as a player. Look, he a lot of people view him also as a check down Charlie to kind of quarterback. He's not. His average yards per completion are damn near a first down per. So it's not like he's just, you know, dinking and dunking and it's yards after catch. He's a hell of a quarterback. So I'm with you, Amber, you and I are in step here. This young man has got it, and Kyle Shanahan saw it, developed it, and let me tell you, I bet to your hands bleed on this one. I'll, I'll lay the nine and a half right now. Buy it down to nine. I hate. I will never get beat by that half point. I'll love the Niners in this spot against Green Bay. Really? Oh yeah. So you think that they're winning that big? Because that yep. line is a yep. big one. I yep. mean, we got a yep. big line also in Texans Ravens. That line is a big one. You like it? Well, there you go. Coming up I'm next. In. Who will get the blame if the 49ers get upset by the Packers? Just kidding. We already did that. Just plenty more coming up on ESPN Radio.